and welcome to Harajuku Data Lake. My name is Morris, and this is Sergio. And today we are going to be. T- I guess I shouldn't say this is Sergio because not Sergio. <laughs> okay, take two. Hi, and welcome to Harajuku Data Lake. My name is Morris, and this week we're going to be talking a little bit about interviewing. So we're going to be talking mostly from our own personal experiences. So it will be a little bit su- subjective, but hopefully it'll be at least interesting to listen to. Uh, we're going to talk first about what what it was like to be a candidate for a number of different companies, and then we're going to talk about our experience of interviewing candidates for our current and previous companies. So with that said, Sergio. So you've worked at、uh, I think four companies so far.、Uh, how did you? What was the interview process like for those different companies? Well, thank you, Maurice, and thank you to all the supporters who are subscribing to our channel. Yes, thank you. <laughs>、um, I I would like to start talking about、uh, the average in all the in or what which is the common pattern for me in my experience for these kind of four companies and. The the pattern is that all of them I reach them、um, through friends or in just in my kind of social network. So it means that、mm. I never apply to a recruiter for joining to a job. These guys they were my friend. They uh meet me in a talk. They meet me um by another friend.、Um, we had experience before working together. Okay,、mm-hmm. so this is the kind of pattern. Uh, the kind of interviews that I have done as the candidate has been pretty easy because at the end li- they they knew about me. They had references.、Mm. They they had the kind of like okay, we know that you have done this project. We have worked together, and well, they they were searching this kind of candidate. So what it means is that I apply or I just、um, started this kind of.、Uh, Mid interview in places that I knew that I fit. So I have never applied to something like, oh, I I don't know what is gonna happen here. <laughs> no, so I I knew、uh, I knew my weaknesses, and I applied to kind of jobs that it, it was a right moment. No, I I tried. To, I I didn't try, for example, to be a CTO when I didn't have enough experience. No, I didn't、mm-hmm. want to be more than. But I always wanted to grow a little bit, no, or even to change the kind of、uh, the friends, no, and to be in another company with other people.、Uh, that, for example, sometimes I was, and this was important for me. I was searching a bigger team to more to know and learn more about these people.、Uh, it, it was not everything about money at all. It was not about salary. It was more about、uh, to learn, to have a challenge, where this work was in、mm. the moment, no. So that was the most important for me as a kind of candidate. And later, another、um, pattern that I, I really will give as an opinion and a recommendation for everybody who is listening. One of my things that I learned with the time is that when I did the interview, as well, I was not really very picky. I was not picky、mm. with kind of the conditions or nothing at all. But of course, I value myself. It was, of course, is common. But I, I think that I I like to talk with them and with the kind of、uh, boss, leader, city, or whatever. And I like to tell them that I would like to talk again in six months. 
So what mm. I mean is that when I start working, I, I am not so picky. I want to see how I fit in the company. It's not that it, it must be something beneficial for both of us. It's not something personal. It's just business. And, and doing the business sometimes, well, you don't fit in a company and, or you feel very well and you discover that everybody else is very bad, really bad. And you deserve <laughs> more, no? That you did in the interview. So I think that you, you have to be, you, you must understand that when you are, negotiating what it means is that right now we have these conditions in the future who knows mm. if the company grows maybe you grow if the company doesn't grow maybe maybe it doesn't or it depends so i i really um vouch for this so that that's sort of a thing where you 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 talk to people at a company but you don't necessarily apply or intend to join immediately instead you're you're making a connection to maybe talk again in six months yeah yeah but no 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 no. what i mean is that in, in the moment that you join the company in that moment you want to do this kind of later in six months revision because you don't really know what you expect in the moment it's like everything is is i mean it's not gonna be so accurate because you don't have enough information what i mean is that mm-hmm. as in a can in a in an interview you cannot really understand everything from the company because it's not a, uh, even when you are a candidate you are also interviewing the company it's not that they are interviewing mm. you you are interviewing the company and you want this kind of three months of training but you want that both parties they are dealing with each other you are learning each other it's not something that they they just value it for me they give me okay a number that is how much and that's all no, no, no. What it means is that this is like a dance. Both of you are dancing. So what I mean with the six months review is about after you join, you are going to say to them, hey, in six months, I want to talk again and see what happened and how the company has grown. About what you mentioned right now, mm-hmm. I will say that I have always been kind of passive for, uh, for I mean, I am open to new positions i am i listen to okay what they want but i mean i am doing always kind of my own projects or with people to just um, yes, to grow myself i am not expecting a job offer from these jobs i am not expecting nothing when i do a talk i expect mm-hmm. that the people they learn from my talk but not to have a new job offer or well i never have this case okay maybe in the future who knows but uh from the past I just wa- I just wa- did what I liked. I had passion for mm. what I did. So I think that the people, the good recruiters, or the the people that I, I found, they uh they appreciate you no know, this kind of behavior. Like oh, you, you love the computers, so I think you are a good fit in my company. That's it. At the end, uh, one imp- another important thing is that <laughs> you are you are lucky. You are lucky when you get good positions or when you are working with a good team. That kind of things. Uh, I I think that's that's marvelous. Of course. So actually, so the the six month thing, it's uh. It's interesting. So you were talking about both. Uh, you are interviewing for a company, but and and in the, when you're interviewing for a company, the company is interviewing you, but you're also interviewing the interviewing the company. And then yeah. once your contract actually starts, I know a lot of contracts in Japan. The first three months are sort of a trial period, where um, you know after three months, then you become a 
real permanent employee. But for the first three months, uh, if they have to fire you, they will fire you. And sort of what you're doing is you're doing the exact same thing for companies. You're, you're giving them six months and saying, okay, uh, I'll give you guys six months to uh, be, to live up to the expectations I had about this job. And if uh, you don't live up to it, well, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to uh, move on from here. Yeah, or, or, or well, in one of the companies, for example, in the seventh month, I leave. I left the company for another one. So that's what happens. It's not something dramatically, you don't have to do. A, you have to be always be very professional, always. But, mm. well, you expect something, no? And I think that your boss, he, he used to be more experienced than you. And he should understand you. And he should care about you. He should listen to you. And when you are... Um, I don't know how to say, but uh, when you expect something, you really want something, and you every day you are lunch, you lunch together, and and you command your kind of uh, preoccupations, no, what you care about, and he he cannot focus because he has so many things to do. Well, mm. well, there is a moment that is like, okay, maybe I have other things to do. So, but it's not not something like, oh, or or you have another reason. But what they mean is that. At least in my experience, it works very well. I never care about that. Uh, I have been in this kind of training process that you said before. I have been always, mm. all, everybody is in this kind of, in three months, it's free to, to fire you. Okay, but I never, never, ever care about that. Right. If they want to fire you, they can fire you with two years, three years. I, I don't care in this world of, at least I have been in all startups, okay, no big companies. In this world, uh, it, it's very cheap. To, to fire you and even mm. even they don't have a reason or I, I don't care I'm not doing this because oh I am stable in my job and no 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 I am in a job because I want to do something amazing in a short period of time two years if we are not reaching the the the, um, the goals I think that I can be better in another company with my experience and knowledge and make it grow no if, for example in one of my companies i developed the kind of backend and at one moment i was kind of bored because I, I, mm. I was just fixing no the problems and for me it was not challenging anymore and the platform was amazing it was working the very low latency but i decided to move forward why because um, i i was like okay guys you you thread me very well but I need something else, no? I, I don't want to be here all my life. I, I had good conditions, everything. And mm. I gave two, two months before I left the company and I trained two new guys in that company and I prepared the dog and I left everything very well because, as I said, you have to be professional. But, yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, it's definitely a diff different mentality from somebody who is... It is intending to stay with one company for kind of the rest of their life or the rest of their working life. And, you know, maybe they will change jobs if something comes up or if they're really unhappy or if they're really not challenged after a few years. But for the most part, they intend to stay where they are uh, unless something comes up. Whereas you're, mo you're more focused on moving. In, in a sense, it's, it's like uh, employment at will. Like you, you are doing these jobs because they're interest. I mean, obviously they do come with a salary, but you, you want some. Like it's really important for that something be interesting and challenging and sort of move move you forward. And if it's really, if it's just drudgery, if it's just really un, you'll just simply move on. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Okay. I wanted to, so one, the other thing, I mean, you mentioned being lucky and I think both of us are definitely very, very lucky in, (laughs) very, very lucky in that we do have uh, a number of opportunities. And I think it's probably, it'd be very annoying to somebody who's listening to us who, you know, if you don't have a history of working at a number of companies before, or maybe you're incredibly smart, but you haven't gotten into a good job yet or you haven't you you don't have any you don't have a lot of things that indicate that you would uh be somebody that they can that a company can hire and you you might just be struggling with putting out a lot of interviews and not really you know it right now you know because both of us have jobs it's very easy to talk about moving to a job that you like whereas Mm -hmm. if you're not in a um job it's much more difficult and you're much more willing to accept pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's true, that's true. In the moment that you have a position and you have time for thinking where you want, where you go, uh, analyze the market, no, it's, it's about time. Later we, we will talk more about the kind of time, no? But right now you said a couple of things that I would like to, to, to describe. And okay. one is salary. Salary, uh, I think that as candidate um you don't have to focus only what it means uh, i mean salary means more than money salary means uh it's, it's like a formula about uh money uh time whatever you want no so i think it's important when you go to an interview and you know that these guys they don't really for example, have so much money, but they have other things, no? For example, mm. uh, you can be in a moment that you say, okay, I really believe in this company and I don't want a high salary, but I want shares, for example. Or I don't want shares, but I want time. I'm going to work only mm. six hours a day or four hours a day, but I'm going to have a good enough salary, no? So you are going to spend your time doing other things. That's important. I think that that's important as a candidate and also later as an interviewer, but uh, as a the candidate, I think it's important to to really want what you want. I mean, if you go and only is the money, um, there are some companies that they pay you very well, but the kind of job is gonna be like after that is the debt. Okay, there is nothing else because nobody else is gonna uh, need you. For example, one example is mm-hmm. if you want to work with Cobol. Okay, the, the banks, they are still using all language they need to maintain. That's fine, okay? I'm not saying that COBOL is bad. Or, uh, just understand the example that, for example, COBOL has been used in the past and the people that they, they have to maintain the system, they need to be very skilled and they have a good salary. But if you want to uh, move from that work, there are going to be very few companies who are asking about COBOL. But if you are, for example, a front-ender and you know uh, the last of React.js, I'm sure that you have so many companies, okay? So in the moment that you get more stable, you are tired, okay, for that that's something. And you're going to be well-paid, but um, just don't, don't try to go further, okay? <laughs> and the other one about to be lucky, to be lucky is also another formula. To be lucky uh, means how you are. And you must have some requirements, to be lucky. If you don't have the requirements, you're not going to be lucky. So I am lucky, you are lucky, because we are doing some kind of sacrifices. It's very easy to say, oh, I am lucky and I caught the lottery and that's fine. No, no, no. We are lucky because we are searching this luck. We are purchasing the luck and we are behind 
saying, okay, uh, I I know that this is the last technology I'm going to learn in my free time. Or I know that I can improve my my communications by learning this language. I'm going to do that. Okay, slowly, faster, it doesn't matter. But um, you are searching to be lucky. So we are lucky, but it, it has a lot of connotations. It's not, oh, you are lucky, that's it. We, are, it, it, we got this easily because it was not easily at all. Hmm. Okay, well, let me let me talk briefly about some of the other uh, experiences I've had as a sure. candidate interviewing. So, sure. you know, as in a previous episode, we talked a little bit about our sort of work trajectory trajectories. And for me, it was much more of a journey to discover what I really wanted to do. And so as part of that journey, I really didn't have a strong sense of the types of jobs that I wanted to do, uh, especially early on. So uh, especially early on, I ended up relying more on not not so much social connections, but actually going to career fairs. And for whatever reason, uh, I do have to give a shout out to Tokyo Career Forum and Boston Career Forum because <laughs> between the two of those, I've gotten uh, three different jobs. So I, I got my first job at a telecom at Tokyo Career Forum. I got my uh, uh, during when I went back to school, I was working at the Apple Store in Ginza as uh, at the Genius Bar. And I got that job uh, at uh, Tokyo Career Forum. And after I graduated, I got, uh, I didn't get the job specifically, but I connected with Microsoft at Boston Career Forum. Okay, so uh, I've had a few different uh, interviewing experiences as well. Uh, I think probably one of the more interesting ones uh, for listeners might be that when I was graduating from a master's program at a Japanese university in 2013, I attempted to go through the sort of new grad hiring system in Japan. Uh, so I'd already had maybe four or five years of work experience before I graduated, and I was attempting to go through the standard Japanese employment system, and it really did not work for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it was so funny because, like, uh, I was getting... It, you know, I, I would get eliminated at the stages that, like, nobody should get eliminated. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, so just to give people a sense of what that's like, uh, a typical uh, new grad employment situation in Japan works such that you, you know, maybe a year or more before you graduate, you're already going to these giant seminars with, you know, hundreds or thousands of other people that are going to be uh, applying for this company. And you can, you go to seminar after seminar after seminar and you get tons of packets. And then you, you do the application process and the application process is online and it has a bunch of different hoops to jump through. So there'll be things like a, like a web test, you know, where you, you either, you, you answer a bunch of quiz questions online and there'll be things like there'll be math questions there'll be language questions there'll be science questions it's just sort of like a general aptitude test or there will be like a hour-long personality assessment that you have to take online but anyway so after the web test then there's a series of interviews a first interview might be a uh, a group interview with five or six people then you'll have two or three or more interviews with individuals so in, in my case, a few of the more memorable experiences were uh, <laughs> getting eliminated at the web test stage because uh, I actually do, doing riddles in Japanese was, you know, I, I'm pretty good at Japanese. I have my, my N1 certification uh, and I've been here pretty long and I'm pretty fluent. But, you know, when it came to these specific riddles in Japanese or types of 
specific types of reading comprehension. Well, it's just, you know, it's, I, it's, I'm not native level. Uh, I didn't go through the entire Japanese schooling system. So that was just not going to happen. Um, the group interviews are also, there's, there's very much a formula where good students know how to, how to be charismatic and command the room and make the interviewers laugh and like, you know, uh, completely dominate a good group interview. Um, after the group interview stage, um, I did with one company, I got to Sanji Mensetsu, which was like the, the third level of interviews. And that was bizarre because at some point, you know, I, I felt like I had been done pretty well. I'd gotten through all these stages and I was up to the, the third stage and then I had this manager who just said, well, why are you applying as a new grad? <laughs> it was like, well, why, why can't I apply as a new grad? Like, <laughs> I, I got lost. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I, like, what? I, I'm, I got this far. Can I, like, <laughs> is, it, is it wrong to apply as a new grad? So anyway, um, the, the, ultimately, I ended up uh, interviewing with Microsoft at Boston Career Forum and had a much more, uh, had an experience where they understood me as a candidate much more than many of the other companies had. And they understood that my strengths were not having gone through the entire Japanese schooling system. And I think this is sort of a theme of some of the more successful interviews I've had where often after an interview, if I feel like the interviewer understands who I am as a person and understands my background and my skills, that usually means the interview went really, really well. When I've had a less successful interview, it, I usually leave with the feeling that based on the questions that the interviewer asked me, they really didn't get a good sense of who I am or they don't really understand what my skills are. So to give another example... You know, at, at some of the big companies that I've interviewed at, there will be one or two days of interviews where you're just talking to five or six groups of people or five or six individuals in a row uh, and talking to each person for one hour. And these, these groups are not connected, so they end up asking the same questions over and over and over again. <laughs> and it, it's, it's very superficial. So you end up giving these kind of, it's like, oh my God, is this the fifth time I'm going to have to tell this story? And it's it's sometimes sometimes you get better at telling the same story, but sometimes you get kind of tired of telling the same story and you, you skip over the, the details that make it an interesting, uh, exciting story to tell. So that's some of uh, my experience. So, <laughs> Okay, I have a couple questions. I have okay. a couple questions. Well, I, I think it's so interesting that you have this experience that you can share with us. I think it's, it's, it's very good to know what happens in Japan. But I have two questions. One is that, well, as a new graduate, you are trying to apply to a job that is not going to be very kind of well-paid and good salary and good condition, right. no? So you are uh, trying the worst of the worst. And then uh, a second one is, uh, I, I listen, no? I, because I don't have this experience, but I listen that these kind of new graduates, they need to do this system because in the big companies, they spend the three first months. So we are talking about like kind of three months, just learning how to be... Um, kind of coherent 
with the company. I mean that they have to know how the company is working. For example, how you uh, apologize to the boss, how you apologize to the customers, when you have to arrive, how you have to arrive. Uh, you need to have the kind of suite for uh, the occasion. Uh, you need to know who is taking the papers to clean the room, to all of these tasks, no? Is it true? Yeah, it's... Um... Well, well, first, it's, it's not it's not three months. It, it's like six months or a year or more of, of training. <laughs> so, and the other the other thing is that these these large employers in Japan aren't hiring based on the skills that you come in with. They're hiring based uh -huh. on what they think is your aptitude to acquire skills. So, this is how you can get people who have, you know, you can you can have a degree in pretty much anything. But then you you'll be trained as an engineer. You'll be trained as a programmer. You'll be you'll be trained as an accountant, and you'll you'll get almost all of that training as on the job training. So that's why it's it's really important to have such a long uh, long training period. I see. I see. What they listen about is that the people that they go out of Todai University, for example, they used to have more opportunities to get hired. Um, positions because they just left from that university and even he has a study i don't I, i don't care any career over there they can be trained to have another knowledge because it's like okay we have a person who is smart so with this per smart person we can um, reach these positions and later for example there is also a connection with this kind of positions with the newspaper and i think that in public uh, public positions, they are in the newspaper. So what means is that uh, if you apply and, well, you uh, got uh, ascended in the category, you are going to be listed in the newspaper and everybody's going to know that a guy from this university has been in this public position. So it's going to give kind of fame to the university. Mm -hmm. That's what they listen about. That is it's very important, no? Where you come from and then what you are gonna yeah. be trained off and which is gonna be your position later in the society. Yeah, yeah. The universities definitely have very strong alumni networks. Um and they they do at uh, the universities of course attempt to assist with hiring a lot. Uh one other, I mean although one one thing that I say, you know, in, in a sense I'm I, I am being a little bit critical of the idea of hiring people that regardless of their academic background and them attempting to train them into one specific field. But uh, preparing for this podcast, I listened to a few other podcasts about the hiring process and read a few blog posts. And one of the things that came up consistently was that with engineers, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily hiring for the specific technology that you happen to know at this time. Because the technologies that companies will use are going to change over two, three, five, ten years. You know, we, we do want people that are interested, not that that we're not hiring purely based on the the skills you have now, but also based on what we think is an aptitude to acquire new skills and acquire and move forward with new technologies. Um, I don't agree in some <laughs> okay. way. I, I don't agree because um, I think that you have the experience about something uh, right now in our company. This is kind of web company and everything is very related. Everything is very related. Even we are in kind of computer, sci computer science, uh, everything is related. But imagine that I tell you that you are going to start working in kind of developing video games or doing embedded mm. devices. 
you don't know you don't know where to start or you are going right. to implement low level algorithms so i mean the the computer science is something is huge and right now we are focusing one kind of uh web technology uh software developing that is some language so you write a code that is being compiled or understood uh in time runtime uh for something and this is kind of near concepts but when we talk about all is is massive so um, i i agree i agree with what you said about that is is easy kind of or we are all time evolving and changing the technologies but it's the same like if you go to a doctor and you ask to the doctor oh but can you do an operation to me and he said no i am a general doctor and i only know a little bit about everything and then i reassign you to the doctor of the nose the ear whatever so there are specialties no and in computer it also happens so there are sometimes that you can have the feeling like oh i i know all this yeah you, you can learn of course everything can be learned no everybody learn but mm. but um, and right now we are young okay so it's easy to learn but in the moment that you are 50s 60s i think that you know very well something you do very well that but you don't really want to be all the time dealing with problems. It's the same when you install an operative system and you don't want to recompile the kernel every day. You want to do hey, other there's things. nothing wrong with Gen 2. <laughs> no, there is nothing. It's not only Gen 2, but it's more. But you know what I mean is that um, even right now in our company, we can move departments. This is because they are similar. Right. They're, they're all related to this this web technology stack. So, yeah, I guess, you know, we... we uh, you know, we are looking for not just a specific set of technologies and the ability to move forward, but those technologies are within the sphere of this web technology stack. What I will say is that right now we're in a huge market. And this huge market means that you know all this of technology and this this kind of that could be a small is huge. So you can move to so many companies and so that that's it, no? That the mark the 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 market is huge. Not that this field is kind of um, how can I say small. So th that's the idea for me. Yeah, the market. Uh, the market of like like within the web technology sphere. Exactly. It's a huge market. Exactly. So even you you change a little bit the technology, that's fine. It's because you can go to several companies that they want to hire you. There is another uh, blog that one guy he prepared and he has spent like thirty three hours just researching to get the the best company, and he got I think that he found uh, one hundred fifty positions and he chose mm. one of them. So what it means is that he had so many positions, so many diff well so many uh, co companies. In these companies, they have different positions. Each one was completely different size. So what they mean is that there is a huge diversity. But when you are a doctor, for example, and you work in something very specific, you know about that. You don't really want to change the career. And you, you know that there are some hospitals that they do the same than you. But there is not mm, this kind of terrible number of opportunities that we have now with the computer. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day there is not so many opportunities, and believe me, that you will be very specific about something and only that. Because to be general is something that you need, because it's the kind of T that we do, the, to be horizontal and vertical. So you want to be a specialist of something, okay? That is going to be more worth for you than to know a little bit about everything and 
nothing at all. Because when you leave the, the kind of engineer degree, uh, you, you know a little bit about everything, but you don't have experience. Everything is theoretic. So you want to focus. You want to focus. That's uh, one of my, my recommendations. Yeah, it's a bit of a tangent, um, but uh, I think it's it's definitely as as a candidate, it's important both to have both to have this a little bit of knowledge about all the about the the zeitgeist of computer engineering, but sure. also to ha- also be to be very good at one thing. So sure. it it may not be that so as opposed to attempting to be good at. 10, 10 different programming languages, you know, be very, very good at one programming language or very, very good at one technology stack, but have general knowledge of all 10 programming languages. I will reformulate and I would like to say more about to be good in kind of software development, because when we talk about uh, language, as you said, the language can evolve can change it doesn't matter the language what matters mm. is the design i need to know how it's gonna be and here i will put a cache but i don't care if it is a mem cache or a redis cache but i know that it's gonna be a cache or for example when i'm writing the the kind of code i know that this is gonna be a inherence and this is gonna be extend this is compose this is this kind of elements these patterns sometimes they are more important than say oh i'm gonna write this in go scala or, or elixir and this is gonna be faster whatever and that's a, just a small detail of implementation but what matters is really understand the concept itself okay but the concept they change a lot if you are a kind of mm, video game designer than if you are a software developer that's that's the point right yeah when it, when it comes to computer science fundamentals i mean this is the, the this is why a computer science even though the technology has changed a huge amount um, in the last 5, 10, 20 years, if you have a computer science degree from the mid-90s, you certainly are learning the same concepts as if you had a computer science degree from 2017. Yeah, the language neither. may be different, the implementation may be different, but the fundamental concepts are not that have not changed that much. Yeah, you are always going to start with the history of the language and everything to understand where it comes from. So, yeah, yeah it's going to happen. Okay, so now let's uh, turn to our experiences as interviewers. So uh, we're not confining this just to the current company that we work for, but just to give a brief overview of what the interview process at our company looks like, just for reference. You know, we, we start with phone screens. We have a meeting with candidates. We have a pair programming session. We have a top grading interview, and we do reference checks. Those, those, uh, those steps typically don't vary very much. Everybody has to go through the top, top grading interview. Everybody has to have references uh, for the development positions. Everybody has to do pair programming. So, uh, Sergi, you've, you've done hiring for other companies as well. What have you sort of picked up as an interviewer about what's important? Well, uh, I, th- I think it's very important to, to say that when you go to a company, you find people that... Uh, they they are gonna be better than you, and in that moment is when you have to learn. No, so as you said, in our current company, uh, the founders they they came from a kind of recruiting company. They they knew very well how to recruit people and and the kind of uh, more do this in a kind of dil- diligent way. No, uh, in my previous experience, I got kind of had to interview and I got these opportunities. But I, I think that for me right now, I don't have this kind of feeling that they were so um, so structured. I mean, it, it was like. 
we base kind of everything by intuition. So I I cannot say mm-hmm. that I was good at doing that or well at, at the end maybe I I did the right thing in that moment and I could by my intuition but not because I have the methodology okay I think that I could learn now like okay what means more the steps for a for um recruiting and every time that I do a top rating I, I try to listen a lot because I think that I, I have to continue learning but I, I don't think that in my previous experience was so important I can got some ideas but uh, it was just intuition I think that we could be I mean I was not the most responsible okay of the of that interview so I, I never highlight say oh I need someone I'm gonna hire someone in my cases if, if I will if I will have to hire someone, I'm sure that they will use my my network. So I'm sure that I'm going to hire someone who I know that I have been working with him in the past, something like that. I'm not going to kind of spend time just um, going with something that I don't know what is going to happen. I, I'm going to work with people that I already work. So I think that's very valuable, valuable for a person that he has a kind of network and he can call to these friends and say, hey, hey, do you want to come to my company? So I think that's that's very important. But of course, not always is the case, no? But yeah, I think that um, I, I will do that about my near network instead of going... Because the problem of all of this, okay, and I think that this is one of the big, topics is mm-hmm. that the interview is a kind of time sensitive what means time sensitive it means that when you want to hire someone you want this right now you don't want to spend several months because you have something to do no so mm, you you are rushing to hire someone and when you rush something bad is going to happen you're not going to hire someone who doesn't really fit or he has an attitude that it doesn't works very well that's why I, th- I like a lot how we are working now and it's upgrading that means that okay describe me everything you did in the past and tell me the best the worst uh how it went uh what do you think about your team and the boss and what they think about you and i like this because it's very very intensive in very short period of time you know a lot about this person and you are uh, evaluating the aptitude of this person and you know if it fits but as i said before i think that it takes more than um, three hours it takes maybe months no you have to see how he solved a problem and what is the opportunity that you gave to that person because this is also important no it depends if you put this person only to write code this is this is what he's going to show you but if you tell him okay please do this project or do that whatever then you are fine in this i think for example when when you do the interview and in in our cases in the last ones uh for me was more important to uh for example to do something with that person and i mean something like um i didn't try to to solve the problem no the big problem i I wanted more like okay but more about kind of passion like for example uh, did you research about our company? Do you understand something from outside about what is the kind of internal? This The question must be related about what mm. we are searching for. I don't want to ask about... Uh, we were joking before about the bubble short, no? So, uh, <laughs> bubble I, short, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to ask something difficult or something that I could not even respond no if I am the the candidate I, I put in the skin of that person so I want to make some kind of question that is like okay but 
what do you what do you recommend me here and and what do you think that we have this like that no like if for example we were talking about uh, the platform in the backend i can ask mm -hmm. about uh, what do you think that we have the design here how how we split the api or microservice what do you think that we use for communicate this to another technology or Uh, you, you realize, no, the kind of things that the people, they come out, no, for example, oh, you can use a queue or you can use a cache or you can have this replicated or it can be Docker, it can be serverless. Uh, they just mention, no, you are not searching nothing else. But if, if they know what is a real problem or is like, oh, mm, sorry, my company, we don't have this kind of amount of users, for example. Uh, so... Going back to what I was saying before, the kind of time, I think that is the worst enemy, no? That's why even even mm. you are in a position that you can hire more people, you have to take it easy. Because um, you know that if you rush to hire the right person, that is going to be bad. You need a team that you have to trust these guys. They are kind of top players, no, for your company. So you are, you have to delegate in them. So later they are going to be your guys you you have to to believe that they are gonna do something right and if they if they cannot they're gonna ask you but they are gonna not gonna be a liar they're not gonna be uh, like I, i like to search for good people good persons that i can really trust in them so yeah that's my my point uh Yeah, so I mean, to to go back to our process a little bit, I mean, one the things that I see that I think that we are doing pretty well at is that even though we're a small company hmm. with obviously time constraints and a need to bring on a lot of people, hmm. um, we we do have a structure and we do have a process, and it's it's very methodical. So we and and kind of I think the challenge that a lot of companies deal with is how to make the hiring process less subjective and more objective. So, of course, you know, at any company, ultimately, you're hiring people to work on your team. So it, yeah. they, they do need to be people that uh, are not just skilled with the technology, but are also able to work well with others. So that that is a real, in some senses, that is kind of a subjective assessment. But by by using this like five stage stage process and going through each of these stages in a regular manner and asking the same types of questions in each stage of every candidate and asking the same types of and having the same types of conversations in the pair programming uh with every candidate it gives us much more it it makes it much easier to evaluate candidates not just on subjective um intuition but on um And a, a, an objective of how quickly did they get through this thing or what, what did they bring up in the conversation or what did they not bring up in the conversation or what what where did they get stuck yeah i think i think that happens but i think this happens in kind of the development teams no and the more kind of workers no of the company i think that in some positions of the company um, you have to break the rules i think that all these rules i think that even the top grading that we are doing is kind of customized upgrading the uh, top grading definitely the, is the, the the rules of the top grading at the end is to discover for example in the aptitudes some aptitudes they don't change of the person i mean if you are selfish you are gonna change this in three months but if you don't know a language it can be changed in one month that that's that's the kind of goal that has the top grading to to determine these skills that cannot change and these ones that can change and then with these questions that they are making you like okay how did you react 
react in this situation? Okay, how are you reacting now after um, five years? Is the kind of evolution that you are searching, no? So, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, um, so, I mean, top grading, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a wonderful Wikipedia page about it that makes it sound truly, truly awful. Sort of the, the customized version of top grading that we use, it's, it's basically a detailed interview where we actually uh, do a deep dive on people's, what people have on their resume and their previous experience. So uh, it's pretty easy to prepare for in the sense that you need to be familiar with your own resume and your own experience. But, but it, it tends to be a very positive experience, I think, both for candidates and for the interviewers in that um, the, the interviewers get to really understand what types of patterns re- reappear uh, in a candidate's experience in the different jobs that they've, they've held and what their, what, what their true interests, what their true aptitudes are, what they can talk with passion about, what they kind of gloss over. And for candidates, it also tends to be a very positive experience because as you go through the process of discussing your resume and the previous positions you've held and the types of teams you've worked on and the types of projects you've done, in a sense, you, you get to understand yourself better. And through the process, you, you understand what, what the journey you've been on looks like, what your trajectory is. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, I, I, should, uh, I should do more here, or that was an interesting experience, or I'm really glad I'm not doing that anymore. I will say also that I, I think as when you are interviewing people, you learn a lot. You learn a lot. Okay. I wanted to talk also a, a briefly about uh, the pair programming because assessing engineers' talents uh, in an interview is definitely something that there are more than a few controversial blog posts about. So uh, rather than go through those blog posts, I'll just post links to some interesting ones in the, in the show notes. So... so Typically, what pair programming looks like, at least in the positions that I'm hiring for, is we we bring a candidate in and we have maybe we have two sections and the two sections will be with different interviewers. So you get two different perspectives on a candidate's abilities. Typically, one of the interviewers, uh, at least for the positions that I'm hiring for, will ask will, will will work with a candidate to solve a real problem on the system. So given that candidates don't actually have any experience on our specific system, that's really about how quickly do they pick up on the core concepts that we're dealing with and how do they, how, how easily are they able to navigate a code base that they've never seen before? And what, what type of questions do they ask? How are they familiar with, general, with the general web stack that we're dealing with? Uh, the second part is a more open-ended thing where we typically ask candidates to write a small program from scratch. And that's the, the skills that you need going into that are just simply basic familiarity with your language of choice. Uh, you can use any language and any editor for that task, and you can use Google, and you can ask questions, but uh, it turns out that it's, it's a good way to assess whether uh, a very, very strong candidates will get through that very quickly and start building more on that, and weaker candidates will struggle with the basics even of their chosen language. Yeah, the problem is that if the candidate is too good, maybe then you have a problem because he's gonna go to a company that he's not gonna be, he's gonna gonna like learn so much from you if he knows more than you. For example, if you <laughs> yeah, if you prepare a program, a, 
a small program that he knows very well and he's able to do something and impress you, it means that you are not so good. So he's gonna mm. be very strong later in the in the next in the next uh, kind of phase, no? In the case, step of the interview, he's gonna say, "Hey guys, sorry, but you suck, and I I am much more better than you. I can do everything <laughs> you need, and so I'm gonna ask you for a quite higher salary, no? Than the other people." I I I agree. I agree with this that we said about the methodology. At the end, I think it's, it's difficult to find the right one. But I read some time ago about one that is um that you propose to the person to bring a program that he he has uh, developed. For example, he uh, open source project in GitHub, and then you work together in that a new feature that he wants to create for his new program. So you are pre programming, but he's teaching you about his own program. So he's going to tell you, oh, I am going to add the test, I'm going to do this with this uh, issue that I received. So he is in the best position. He's going to do this uh, with uh, everything he knows. It's not, not nothing strange, no? And he's going to choose even the task. So you're only asking him, mm. like, okay, just show me how you work in a real environment, no? Because later, when he's in the company, Maybe you ask him for using this kind of laptop, but he's going to install his own tools. So you want to see his tools and how he deal with us. And you can learn a lot from this. So you are not giving him pressure about something that he doesn't know because maybe this candidate he doesn't know very well Ruby or Node.js or something that you are asking for but maybe he's very good in Scala and he he can show you and teach you oh, just modifying this file this is better and maybe you say oh wow I, I want to migrate my platform to this language so I think that that's <laughs> another kind of interview yeah yeah that's another kind of interview definitely I think I think one of the reasons that we do tend to ask uh, you know, you, you can use Scala if for if you need to for the pair program. You can really choose whatever language you want, mm -hmm. but we do generally ask you to perform a similar task. And because yeah. we're asking for a similar task, it does uh, it, it lets us compare across interviewers because we can yeah. we can look back at our experience and remember people who moved forward very quickly with the task and people who really got stuck on the basics of manipulating the, the programming language. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. So, what what do you what is it like in Spain? I mean, I I think I'm familiar, rel relatively familiar with Japan and the U.S., but what, what's your thoughts on how like hiring and hiring engineers works in Spain? Well, I, I think that the the biggest difference right now, I don't know USA, but uh, I know Japan of the kind of recruiters that they came to me. I think that Japan is terrible. He really terrible. You have so many in the LinkedIn, they are coming, all of them, and you have 50 guys that they are telling you about position that they pay you so much, but nobody have read your, they never read your profile, so they don't know I, what you do. I think this do. is fairly similar to the US, actually. Really? Okay. Um, so in Japan, I don't know because, um, I, I don't know why. I don't know why, because, but it's terrible, okay? It's very bad idea here to go through a recruiter. I mean, you can go, of course, but um, I don't know. My experience with them is that, um, but did you read my, 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 or I met once, once I met one guy that uh, this was quite smart, but we met in a, in a kind of hotel. And and he asked me about well he he he's, he told me more about the positions because it was a, a huge company bought another one so they had a lot of money in the moment and they were searching like 150 employees for doing a new department 
And he said, I asked him, no, like, okay, okay, I, I like a lot about this company that you are saying that is amazing, it's every, all good words, positive things. But I asked him, like, okay, but why do you like me? Why do you think that I am a good candidate? What have you seen in my resume? And he said, uh, over here and nothing. He didn't point to nothing. So he didn't <laughs> even read my profile. He just wanted someone who knew a little bit to go to company. And it was like, okay, I got a, 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 because he didn't even understood what means to be a startup and why they buy the companies. And he didn't have any kind of idea of a business. And he was just mm -hmm. like, okay, I want someone to move to another company. Okay, So my experience was very bad. But I was not searching nothing, but I wanted the experience to have kind of a recruiter. What is going to happen, okay? Yeah, I've my, my experience with recruiters has been, um, I, I have talked to recruiters in the past, and they have occasionally forwarded me yeah, moderately interesting positions. But I, I think it's gotten sort of, I've also gotten the sense, you know, when, when you go through the, a bad interview and the interviewer, you, you don't, you leave with the feeling that the interviewers didn't really get who you were and what your skills are. That's often been my experience with recruiters where we'll have like an hour long conversation yeah. about my resume and my skills, but I leave with the impression that they still don't really understand wh who I am and don't really understand what type of a company I would like to work for. But but that's very bad because these guys, they are coming to you telling you that you can have a huge salary, but the truth is that you don't have all the skills for that position. Okay, so that's waste of time for you, mm -hmm. for him, and for everybody. But what they are charging is for uh, meeting you with the company. If you are not going to the office, like, uh, okay. But they, they, they are already, like, kind of moving people. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the problem. Okay, that, that's the problem. Um, they have so, so many people moving, and it's, like, maybe easy for them. So they don't really care so much. Okay, and now... Now, let's go talk to Spain. In Spain, yes. it's completely different. It's completely different. If a, if a recruiter, he's not good. He, he doesn't have uh, real contacts. He doesn't really care about what you want, what you decide. He goes with you, all, all the kind of steps, and he finds the right position for you. He's not going to get anyone. In Spain, everybody who is uh, a bit good, they are already in a company. So if you want to find mm. someone who is good, you are gonna have to pay a lot, or um, that's impossible. It, it's crazy. If you if you look at, to, to some um, to some um, places that they offer jobs, uh, well, right now you can find a very 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 good deals, very good positions. Uh, in the last kind of four or five years, it has improved so much. And right now you go there and the recruiters, they know you very well. They have reference. They know that you know these persons. They don't go mm. to you to the LinkedIn and they spam to you. They send you a, a formal message to your account. And they explain what they want, every, everything. I'm really surprised. But I talk with my friends and they send me the same, Sergio, it has changed. Right now they are pay, paying well because, mm. of course, they, they don't, uh, right now the companies, they don't want to have the headquarters in places like London that they have to pay three times or two, at least two times the salary that they pay in Spain. So, and in Spain, the quality is the double than other places. So, um, they, they know very well that Spain is like kind of Vietnam <laughs> for Asia. <laughs> yes. So, so, so they, they know very wait, well wait, that. Okay. They... Wait, Spain is a, is like, v okay. It, it, is, go is, back and explain how Spain is like Vietnam. 
Yeah, in right now, okay, in the past, it was like India. Everything of in the software development was going to India. And then they moved to something that was Vietnam. Vietnam is a country in Asia that is more international. So they are moving a lot of projects uh, from all the world to Vietnam right now. Of course, they are still in, in India because it's very cheap. But um, right now it's Vietnam. And what happens in Europe or even companies in USA... They are, they are uh, kind of outsourcing to Spain because Spain for them is cheap and the people, they have very good uh, knowledge about the technologies. Right now, if, if you talk English in Spain, well, you have a very good opportunities, very good opportunities. But because also the recruiters and everybody, they, they are searching it very like carefully. They are not like, it's completely different experience here in Spain, completely different. That's interesting. Like, uh, I, I know at least in Japan, uh, you know, a lot of English speaking foreigners come to Japan and their first job will be as like an English teacher. Yeah. And one way that a lot of people get out of English teaching is by going to recruitment companies. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, and, and that's just because it's a job that, that can command a high salary and that you can do with uh, limited Japanese but native English ability, uh, and that it's relatively easy to get hired for. So mm. may maybe our next conversation should be how to hire good recruiters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's talk Sorry. about it later. <laughs> All right. Is any anything else you wanted to uh, end with? No, I, I, I think it's fine. I think that this is the kind of feeling about how to manage a situation like this but it's gonna be always very personal very like the feeling you have with the other person and how it's gonna fit in the company mm, yeah, yeah so good luck good luck <laughs> for both good luck to <laughs> <For> everybody <laughs> all right so that was how did you good data lake episode six so don't forget to uh rate and subscribe we have a twitter account now it's hjdl space and uh yeah check us out Please follow. And Sergio, I didn't know you had a brother. Oh, yeah, I have one. He's a CTO of a company. Wow. Wow. All right. Cool. Talk to you next week. See you. <laughs> <laughs>